are here. So head to Macy's for unbeatable deals on a winter wardrobe for the whole family. Men's blazers starting at $49.99. Cashmere tops for her from $79.99. And for your little ones, Macy's has the festive fashions that'll have them saying, It's too hot! It's Tis the season for wrestling your wiggly little monster into thick winter clothes. So all month long, we're taking 25% off boys' merino wool sweaters that won't fit over his head. If you stop squirming, it would be on already. And for your little girl, it's half off all hard, shiny shoes that hurt. Oh, shoes hurt. Welcome to being a woman, Kylie. The weather outside may be frightful, but in Macy's, we've got kids' jackets so big and thick, they won't fit in their car seat anymore. You didn't hear that, buddy. And save an extra 10% on snow boots that are so hard to put on, it'll strain your marriage. Sorry. You need to put her foot in sideways and twist it. Well, if you can do it, then do it. And deal so hot, even frosty. You need to learn, Nathan. For your new arrivals, we've got precious winter onesies with so many tiny buttons and snaps, you'll let your baby sit in a loaded diaper for hours just to avoid having to put it back on. Plus, everyday savings on mittens they'll lose, shirts with the wrong frozen princess, sweaters that make them hot, flannels that make them hot, scarves that make them hot. Good! Where's my kid? Marcus? And button-downs with sharp, scratchy tacks in the back. Look, we know it's awful for them and for you, but one day they'll be too old to wear cute little clothes like this and you'll miss it. So suck it up and get down to Macy's. The clothes they'll hate create the memories you'll love. Oh, I love that video. I've lived that video. Everybody stand with me, please. Thanks again for being here and helping us celebrate. It is Christmas time at Cathedral. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And we've been thinking about gifts all month long. We've been looking at the very first Christmas gifts. You find them in the story of the nativity in Matthew chapter 2, that the wise men from the east side, they follow the star all the way till they locate the real star of Bethlehem. And one of the things they do after they bow down and worship is they give him gifts. And so I'm going to invite you to read this out loud with me and let's fill this place with the word of God. Everybody say it with me. The wise men went to the house. There they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures. They gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold was a gift for a king. Frankincense, follow the incense, and it takes you right in. To the presence of God and myrrh is the strangest gift of all. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this wonderful family here at Cathedral of Faith and guests and friends that are here with us. Thank you that they have slowed down enough to come and meet you in this moment to create space for your grace. 
And I pray that you would do what only you can do, Holy Spirit. That you would touch each mind and each heart. And that we would leave here because we've had a meaningful moment with you in this service. Life will be different because we've met you in this place. Start with me, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray this. All God's people said, amen. amen. Can we give God praise? Amen. Thank you, God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So how about if we have some fun, get a bit interactive to start things off. I want you to think about the strangest gift or the oddest gift you have ever received at Christmas. A strange gift or an odd gift that you've received at Christmas and tell somebody else what that gift was. Go ahead and do that. And then you can be seated after that. A strange or an odd gift at Christmas time. Uh, I wish I had a mic and we could go around the room. We, we did post that on our Facebook page and we received some interesting items that came back to us. We asked, what is the strangest gift you have ever received? And one person said, well, somebody gave me the Bible for dummies. I actually kind of like those dummies book because they speak in my language. But here's another one. Someone said... They gave me an L.A. Rams beanie, and I'm a 49er fan. Uh-oh. Missed it by that much. And then there was this one. It said, I got Chinese checkers from the same person four years in a row. I promise, Kurt, I will do something different this year. I promise. Stranger things. If you're wondering, what's the strangest gift that was given during that very first Christmas? It seems to me that it has to do, well, let's see if we can find it in here. I love opening boxes at Christmas. It has to do with the gift of myrrh. Now, myrrh was a perfume. That's not unusual. We give and receive perfume all the time. But it's what myrrh, this perfume, was used for that makes it so strange. You would use this on a person after they died. You would cover their body with myrrh. And then you would wrap them up in linen cloth. What a strange gift. Here is a baby who's wrapped up in swaddling clothes. And you give them a gift for the day that they will be wrapped up in grave clothes. Put yourself in this situation. Imagine that in three days, 
You're opening gifts, and oh, there's so much excitement. You open one gift, and it looks like this right here. And you say, wow, this is cool. What is it? And they say, it's an urn. (laughs) And you say, "Well, well, what's it for? And they said, it's for you. After you die, you put your ashes in it. And you say, really? And they say, well, it's never too early to start preparing. And you say, thank you very little. Uh, On a side note, if you're still doing some last-minute shopping for that one special in-law, you can find these at Costco today. You really can. You can find everything at Costco. What? a strange gift to bring to a baby shower. And yet, the gift gives us a clue about who Jesus is. Every baby that is born eventually dies But Jesus was the one baby in history who was born to die. The death was an essential part of his mission. It's why he was born. That somehow it's his death and his birth that will bring the salvation of the world. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, you shall call his name Jesus. Can I read that again? You shall call his name what? Jesus. Oh, let me say it one more time. You shall call his name what? Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Yeah, that's a good place to give God praise. Amen. The name Jesus means God saves. Jesus has come to save his people from their sins. And the gift of myrrh gives us a clue that somehow it's his birth and his death that will save the people from their sins. There are so many strange things that happen around the birth of Jesus Take where he was born. Jesus was born in a stable. Do you remember who he is? The wise men brought him the gift of gold. Gold was a gift that was fit for a king. And Jesus was the king of all kings. The Lord of all lords. The king of the universe has come to visit our earth. If the king would be born anywhere, he should be born in a palace. But instead, he's born in a stable. How strange. It's not even a royal stable. He's born in an ordinary stable where all the animals were kept. How strange. And yet, maybe it was the perfect place. Because in one place, the Bible describes Jesus this way. Behold, Jesus is the Lamb of God of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God 
who is, takes away the sin of the world. Let's give him praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Here is a baby who is born to die, and his death will make the world right again. It will take care of our sin. And taking care of our sin is the greatest need that we have. We have other needs, but the most profound need that every human being has, the most existential need that every person has, sin is such a part of the human condition, we have to have a way to take care of our sin. I heard about this grandma who had her two grandsons with her, and she was going to give them the the Bible lesson for the evening, and she said, what I'm going to teach you tonight about is sin. Do you know what sin means? And the seven-year-old raised his hand, and he says, sin means when you do something very bad, that's sin. And so the little four-year-old says, I know of a big sin he committed. And the seven-year-old says, hey, I'll take care of my sins. You take care of yours. How do we take care of our sin? When we look in the mirror with just a little bit of honesty, we see that we are not the best versions of ourselves. We don't live up to our own expectations, let alone the expectations of God. And so the big question is, how do we take care of our sin? And I want everybody to lock in on this. Because every other religion in the world says the way to take care of your sin is this. We take care of our sin. Only Christianity says we don't take care of our sin. Jesus is the one who takes care of our sin. It's all about grace and forgiveness. The Bible says Jesus is the one who takes care of our sin. And somehow it's the gift of his birth and the gift of his death. We have a clue. His death is what, take care, what takes care of our sin. But how does that happen? How does his death take care of our sin? Well, it all has to do with trading places. Trading places. One of my favorite scriptures is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It reads this way. Christ didn't have any sin. But God made him become sin for us so we can be made right with God because of what Christ has done for us. Here's another translation of that same verse. Christ never sinned. Would you say that with me? Christ never sinned. But God put our sin on him. Then we are made right with God Because of what Christ has done for us. How does his death make us right with God? It's all a matter of trading 
places. It's interesting. First century rabbis, when they heard the word myrrh, they not only thought of death, but they thought of a Bible story. They thought of a story in the Old Testament about a man named Abraham who took his son up on a mountain. The mountain was called the Mountain of Myrrh, Moriah. The word Moriah is connected to the word myrrh. And so they always had both of those things in mind. You know how the story goes. Abraham takes his son, Isaac, up to the mountain to sacrifice him. But God provides a ram. And so on the mountain, instead of Isaac being sacrificed, the ram takes his place. It's a substitute. So the ram is sacrificed, and the ram is a substitute. And that right there is the best way to understand how Jesus' death takes care of our sin. Jesus is our sacrifice, and Jesus is our substitute. And that is how his death takes care of your sin and my sin. Can we give him praise, amen? I want you to catch this idea. It's an idea we find not only in the Old Testament, but we also see the seeds of this idea all around us in our culture. For example, the last Avengers movie, Endgame. It broke all records, all records. If you're one of the few that did not see the movie Endgame, let me give you the Cliff Notes version that there is a group of Avengers who are trying to save the world, and one of them in particular, Iron Man, is going to step up. We have a picture of Iron Man using his superpower right here. And so Iron Man is going to step up and he's going to fight the main bad guy, Thanos. He's going to save the world, but he's going to have to sacrifice his life. So he's got a choice. Do I save my life and let the world be destroyed? Or do I sacrifice my life? Do I take their place and give my life so that they can live. And that's what he does. If you've seen the movie, he fights the bad guy, defeats the bad guy, saves the world, but it costs him his life. He sacrifices and he substitutes himself. He takes their place. If you have seen Endgame, then you understand what a sacrificial, substitutionary death is all about. And if you understand that, then you understand that in the most profound way, Jesus is our substitute and Jesus is our sacrifice. When Jesus goes to the cross, Jesus sacrifices his life, when Jesus goes to the cross, he takes our place.
and the sin of the entire world is put on to Jesus. And when it's put on to Jesus, Jesus takes care of all of that sin. Your sin, my sin, the sin of the whole world. He takes care of the penalty of our sin. That because of Jesus, we have been forgiven. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Hallelujah. Because of Jesus, well, he takes care of the power of sin, and we can live right now as overcomers. Can somebody say amen to that? And one day, we won't even have to be in the presence of sin. That because of what Jesus has done, we are going to spend forever ruling and reigning with him in heaven. Can somebody say amen to that? Hallelujah. Jesus takes care of the penalty of sin, of the power of sin, and of the presence of sin. Well, that's what happens on the cross. You know, we see substitute and sacrifice. It's there in the Old Testament. It's there in the movie. And it's also in the colors of this candy cane. It's great to have all the kids in service today. Can we give a big hand for all the kids? We've got some kids in the front row and they're doing so great. Now, on your way out, we have 8,000 candy canes to give away today. So everybody gets a candy cane. And Pastor Ken, all the kids listening, you have my permission. I'm in trouble already with all the parents. You don't have to wait until after lunch to eat your candy cane. You can eat them on your way home. Because this is my philosophy, you can see it right up here, life is short, eat dessert first, amen. But here's the real reason, I don't want you to just look and see, I want you to taste and see that the candy cane is good. The history of candy canes, it's hard to really know too much about candy canes. We do know that in the 1920s, a man in Atlanta, he, he made red and white candy canes and gave them out at Christmas to his friends and family. But he had trouble making that hook. It was very difficult to make. So his brother-in-law was a Catholic priest and thought, let me get, give it a shot. And he developed a machine that well, was able to make that little hook, and so they started giving them out to more people and more people around the city and then around the country and then around the world. For 100 years, they've been distributing red and white candy canes around the world. Now, why did they choose the colors red and white? No one knows for sure. But with a little imagination... The message of Jesus is embedded in this candy cane. When you look at the white, think about the life of Jesus. 
He lived the perfect life. He lived the perfect life that we could not live. And when you see the red, think about the death of Jesus. That he died the death that we deserve to die. And that because Jesus took our place, he lived the life we could not live. He died the death we deserve to die. When I put my faith and trust in him, God takes my sin and puts it on the shoulders of Jesus and he takes Jesus' perfect life his righteousness, and he puts it on my shoulders. It is the great exchange. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? Taste and see. In fact, you young ladies, what's your name? Erna? Amber. Here you go, Amber. And what's your name? Ashley? Avin, it's so nice to see you today. Merry Christmas. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Great exchange. Say that with me. Great exchange. Say it again. Great exchange. This is what the reformers talked about when they talked about trading places, that Jesus became the Son of Man so that we could become the sons of God, that Jesus took on our weakness so that we could take on his strength, that Jesus took on our mortality so that we could take on his immortality, that Jesus took on our poverty so we could take on his riches, that Jesus took on our sin so we could take on his righteousness. It is the great exchange that we celebrate this season. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Maybe this weekend, oh, what you could really use is some kind of great exchange in your life. If you've been wearing anxiety, exchange it today. Exchange your anxiety for his peace. If you've been wearing depression, exchange your depression for his joy. If you've been wearing bitterness, exchange your bitterness for his love. If you've been wearing brokenness, exchange your brokenness for his wholeness. If you've been wearing sickness, exchange your sickness for his healing. It's the trading places, the great exchange that happens at Christmas. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let's give God praise. Amen. That is the power of Christmas. Boy, taste and see. Say that with me. Taste and see. Look at your neighbor and tell him, taste and see. Go ahead. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And that brings us to the last item in the box that myrrh gives us a clue that here is a baby that's born to die and his death 
is what takes care of our sin. He takes care of our sin by being our substitute. He takes our place and our sacrifice. And then finally, I was thinking this week, when Mary saw the wise men bring the gift of myrrh, Mary, did you know? What did you know? I heard about this little boy who was going to write a letter to God for Christmas, asking God for what he wanted. And so he sat down and said, dear God, I have been a very good boy for three months. And then he paused. He knew that wasn't right. So he erased it and he started over. He said, dear God, I have been a very good boy for three weeks. Thought about that? That wasn't right either. So he erased it one more time. Then he thought, oh, dear God, I've been good for three days. And then he remembered last night. Uh-oh. Finally, he put down his pencil, went and grabbed the statue of Mary from the nativity set, brought it over to the desk, and he wrote, Dear God, if you ever want to see your mother again. You know, just kind of change gears there, see. Mary, did you know? I don't know. What did Mary know? There is a, a painting that was done in the 19th century. It's called The Shadow of Death. And it's a painting of Jesus when he's a young man working in the carpenter shop. And he's taking a break and he's stretching himself. And it's casting a shadow on the cross. Now you can see Mary over in the corner. She has a box that she keeps the wise men, the gifts that the wise men gave to her. She's kept them right in that box and she's just been looking at the gift of myrrh the perfume and she glances up and she catches the shadow of Jesus like this in the form of the cross Mary did you know the wise men bring her the gift of myrrh Mary, your baby is born to die. And then when she goes to dedicate this baby at the temple, someone prophesies over her baby and says this, many Jews will fall and many will rise because of this boy. Rise up. Say that with me. Rise up. Say it again. Rise up. Jesus came all the way down to where we were at so we could rise up. Say it with me. Rise up so he could lift us up to a higher purpose. So he could lift us up and have higher self-esteem. Jesus comes all the way down to where we are at so we can live life at a whole new level. And all God's people said, amen. Hallelujah. We could rise up. And then the verse continues, he will be a sign from God that some will not accept. And I get right here, and this always kills me. 
This is the greatest mystery of all. How can anybody, I mean, I know reasons, but how could anybody really resist the love of God that is shown in the manger and on the cross? What more can God do? So the secret thoughts of many will be made known. And the things that will happen will be painful for you, Mary. Like a sword cutting through your heart. Fast forward. 33 years later. As a soldier drives a sword into the side of Jesus on the cross. And Mary watches. A sword goes right through her own heart. Mary, did you know that for us to rise up, Jesus would be raised up? To give us the greatest gift of all. The gift of his birth and the gift of his death Give us the greatest gift of all eternal life. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. God didn't just love the world. God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That is the good news of Christmas. Amen. That is the greatest gift of all. And it's the self-giving love of God in the manger and on the cross that moves the needle in my own heart. It's the love of God that moves the needle in my own heart where I open my heart and say yes to his love. And then that self-giving love becomes a part of my nature. I can't love people the way I need to. I can't give what I have not received. But when we get in touch with the source of love, and the source of love is God, God can enable us to live life and to love at a whole new level. God so loved that he gave. And God can enable me to go to a whole new place of self-giving love. It's what Cathedral did all month long. Think about it. The self-giving love of God was active in this place. Helping so many people. Why were we helping them? I mean, why, why would you do something like that? These are strangers. They can't do anything for us. Why in the world would you take your time, your talent, and your treasure and give it away like that? Because this is the love we have received from God. God has loved us, and we love others, and that is what we celebrate at Christmas. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah.
Let me wrap things up with one more picture. There's an ancient stone from the first century that is in a Berlin museum. And the words are written on the stone, Caesar is king and God's son. And Caesar would put these all around the Roman Empire. This was how he would brand things. It was his self-promotion. And so all around the empire, you would see these stones that said, Caesar is king and God's son. But on this one, so, uh, this one sign, if you look very carefully, you will see that somebody has carved a cross right over those words. This was a holy form of graffiti, first century style, right? <laughs> because the believers in the first century believed the same thing we do today. And this was their declaration. There is only one true king. And there's only one true son. And there's only one true Savior, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! That's what we celebrate. Bow your heads with me for just a moment. Uh, everyone, just close your eyes, bow your heads. The tech team and the musicians and or the World of Arts ministry getting ready to oh, talk about a celebration that's going to wrap up service. But before they do, let me ask you a question. Just being honest, just being real. It's you and I. If you would say, Ken, to be honest, I know about Jesus. I've heard about Jesus. I'm an admirer of Jesus. I'm a fan of Jesus. But I'm really not a follower. Every journey starts with a step. And I've never really stepped across the line and declared that Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Lord. And I am becoming a follower of Jesus. But today can be your moment. You may not know everything about him, but you know enough that he is king. He is God's son. And he is Savior. And today, you're saying, Pastor Ken, I'm stepping across that line, making my declaration before heaven and earth that Jesus is my Savior. Lift up your hand real high and just, I want to agree with you wherever you're at. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sweetheart. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Over the audience, God bless you. God bless you up in the balcony. Thank you so much. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Father, I, I thank you for this moment in time. All heaven rejoices. Jesus, this is why you came all the way to where we're at. So we could get to where we need to be. And Father, I pray for all of us today that we would once again be overwhelmed by what we see in the manger. That in Jesus we have the true king. In Jesus, we have the true Son. In Jesus, we have the true Savior. 
The great exchange is happening in our life. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Let's give God praise. Amen. Well, this World of Arts team, you know, their song is just so awesome. I don't think we can stay seated. So everybody, let's stand up because it's an awesome song. You want to clap. You want to celebrate with them. Come on, joy to the world. The Lord has come. Sing, yeah. We will sing, Sean. 
remain standing. Would you let the World of Arts team know how much you appreciate them helping us to celebrate? What a great job. Wow.